this is Kylie, and you're listening to episode 19 of Fixer Up. If this is your first time checking Fixer Up out, thank you. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you like the sound of my voice. If you've listened to other episodes and have chosen to come back, thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. I do hope you like the sound of my voice. My ex used to tell me that I should get a side hustle using my voice to turn people on. Every time he said that, I thought, you want me to get a side hustle when you're not bringing in that much money from your first hustle? You want me to get a side hustle? Really? I mean, can you see me shaking my head? I mean, come on, man. That's just... Okay, anyways. Speaking of voices, if you recall from last episode, I started with the introduction of Alec. So I'm kind of going to do some something different. And I know I say that every single week. Every single week, I, I, I do say that now. It's kind of my norm. Anyways, I kind of want to do something different because there's so much to Alec. And I tried to start writing it, and then I taped, and then I scrapped the whole damn thing. It was horrible. And then I wrote a little bit, and then I tweaked it, and then I tweaked it. But I think what I'm going to try to do is just do little tiny, almost like chapters of Alec, because there was a lot packed into not a huge amount of time. But I mean, I guess it was maybe like four months or something. I don't, I don't even know. I guess August to January. That's kind of a long time, I guess. Oh, Anyways, there was a lot packed into that, but I can't write this whole grand story. Like, I mean, I, I could, it would just take a while and I want to get this stuff out. So I want you guys to hear the little pieces of it, I guess. So I'm going to just publish, I'm just going to tape a piece and then I'm going to publish it and then I'm going to tape a piece and publish it and et cetera, et cetera, until I, I finish the story of Alec and it's going to be a lot of little pieces. So it's, it's kind of a hodgepodge. Anyways, okay, so speaking of voices, Alec and I talked on the phone into all hours of the night. He never slept, and I always took his calls. It was really weird. Like, I'm pretty sure I asked him about his sleep patterns because he would be up for like 20 to 24-hour periods, and then he would crash. And I thought, like, he must be bipolar or something, and I don't, I don't know why I'm specifically saying bipolar because I I don't know um but I always associate bipolar with like lots of periods of manic and I feel like there's not a lot of sleep going on in that period but I could be totally wrong so if I am I apologize I should probably look that up I should look it up I should know it actually anyways um so he he isn't to my knowledge you know bipolar or anything like that but um, as you can imagine, with sleep patterns like that, sleepovers for us were very hard. Not really for him, but for me, they were a lot harder. And then we, when he tried to get into a more regular sleep schedule, he would fall asleep around like nine o'clock at night and get up at four in the morning. So that didn't really make sleepovers any better. Like it just shifted the hours. It, it was just, I'm not a four o'clock in the morning person. I'm also not like nine o'clock at night, go to bed. Like it's just... I don't know. I try to go to bed by 1030, but I'm lucky if I make it before midnight. Anyways, I don't know. I wonder if like some of the weirdness that came with him and came with me with him maybe was partially due to the fact that I probably was sleep deprived. Because <laughs> it's serious to be sleep deprived. It's totally serious. And um, I probably was sleep deprived for a good four months there. Maybe. Anyways, I'm just trying to, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to avoid looking at the madness of it because it was really fucked up. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's go back to the first date I had with Alec when I was still waxing Pollyanna. I was still very, very optimistic at this point. 
So Alec and I had our first date. We went to the Hop Leaf in Andersonville, which if you're around Chicago and you love beer, you should definitely check out Hop Leaf. It's a great bar. It's a good Belgian bar. And they've got great food and a great atmosphere, and they've been around a long time. So I highly recommend. Anyways, we had a good time. It was actually the date where I got the idea of taking a picture of my date's driver's license because I stole the idea from him. He gave me his driver's license and he gave me his business card and he said, keep the card, take a picture of the license so you know who I am. That's my name. That's my address. And he was just kind of like laying it out there, which I thought was really, really smart. And it actually made me feel safer with him. It was just putting it all out there. So I did the same. I had him take a picture of my driver's license and I gave him my business card. I then sent the pictures that I took of his stuff to my niece, Caitlin, in case, you know, I disappeared or whatever. Um, she was really funny. She texted me back and she's like, he's cute, but you're cuter. So, you know, I love her. <laughs> I remember we had a good time on the first date, but it was also strange looking back at it. Like, I think I might have been transported back to 1994 or something. It wasn't an adult Kylie date. It was, and by adult, I don't mean like adult, sexy time. I mean like, you know, age-wise. It was Kylie dating somebody who wasn't good for me at all circa 1993, 1994, when I was living down in Champaign. It was very much, like that whole vibe was very much 1993, 1994 for me. Dimly lit rooms, too many cigarettes, drinking straight from the whiskey bottle, hanging out with the pretty boy. I was kind of 22 again. I remember on the night that I had the date with him, he said to me, I don't know how long we'll be lovers, but I do know we're going to have a lot of fun together. And I didn't even question it. I do recall thinking that Alec and I wouldn't be dating that long, though. It was like one of those weird moments of clarity, probably fueled by the whiskey that I was drinking straight out of the bottle. But it was only like a fleeting thought, you know, like, remember, I was still waxing Pollyanna at this point. Um, it didn't last too long, though, that whole optimistic waxing Pollyanna, the optimistic stuff. It didn't last that long. So we had the date. We talked. We had a good time. We grabbed dinner. Um, he wanted to grab a bottle of something that we could drink at his house while we ate the food that we just got. I think we got Thai food, maybe. It was really good. But um, So we went to the liquor store. The liquor store was closed. And we went to another liquor store. And so we got something there and then we came back and we hung out and, you know, he lit a couple candles and I think we had on YouTube for, for music. So it was basically 1994 all over again in his living room. And he had a nice apartment, you know, very nice apartment. But yeah, it was very much 1994, that kind of whole thing. Anyways, after our date, you know, it was probably maybe like two in the morning or something. You know, I'm not sure exactly what time, but it, it wasn't early. I guess it was kind of late because we both had to work the next day. But I wanted to take an Uber home and he was pushing me really hard to sleep over. And I told him that I hadn't slept at somebody else's house since my divorce and that it was really weird for me. And he really didn't care. Not, not that he was like, I don't know if he said anything. I'm trying to think of, actually. I, I, I think half the time with Alec, he just didn't hear what the fuck I said. Or he just didn't care. Or I don't. I don't know. I think he just didn't hear me for a lot of it. So telling him that sleeping over at somebody else's house was going to be weird for me because I hadn't done it before. Um, he didn't give a shit. So he simply, literally, just went to bed. I should have just called the Uber and left, and I would have left his whole apartment open because you have to, like, you know, you have to lock the door from the outside. But I should have just done it and just just walked away. But you know, you know me. I didn't, and I was an idiot, and I stayed. But it was horrible. 
totally laughing because it was horrible. I don't think I slept more than like, I don't know, 15 minutes at a stretch. I wasn't comfortable. I, it wasn't that his bed was uncomfortable because his bed wasn't uncomfortable. I mean, I did eventually sleep over there, but, um, but never well. But it was like, I don't know. It was just kind of bothering me. And so I didn't sleep. You know how that goes. So I think I finally, I grabbed an Uber around like five o'clock and I was a complete zombie. I'm going to call that whole beginning like my dark passenger face. <laughs> I think that's kind of fitting because I kind of just let stuff happen. It's just weird. Anyways, but not dark passenger like in a Dexter sort of way. <laughs> Although I used to like joke around that um, I was going to put some stuff on my to-do list to you know, take him out of the situation because he's driving me nuts. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry. I've never taken anybody out of anything. I mean, I killed a mouse once with a phone book and I had nightmares about it for weeks. So there's no way I could, um, I could do that to anybody. That, that would be horrible. And I just couldn't do it. Like literally I had nightmares about this mouse. All right. I digress again. So here's the part where I'm, Here's the part where I want to look back and say, oh, I was consciously peering over the edge of my next rabbit hole and wondering what I was going to learn, you know, and, and that I had faith in the universe, that the universe would show me what I was supposed to learn from Alec and that it would all make sense. It would all make perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, you know, that's not what happened, right? I've kind of led up to that weirdness, right? I didn't consciously... Like, I didn't consciously do anything with him. I guess that's kind of why this fits into toxic patterns, right? It was all unconscious. It was natural. It was almost instinctual for me, which, if you think about it, is scary AF because it was like so bad. I mean, it was just, it was like a train wreck, right? <laughs> it was a train wreck. I don't know. But isn't that a whole trait of like toxic patterns? Like they feel like something you've done your whole life. And so you're going to do it is another trait of toxic patterns. The fact that I'm trying to justify dating him even now, like I'm still trying to justify it. Like, I don't know. Here are some of my favorite outward excuses that I tell people. He was easy to talk to, capable of having intelligent conversations, showed interest in me and my job. He was always asking questions and, you know, I mean, that was good. But again, I don't think he really listened to a lot of the answers. But we were able to talk about the old days of like Shambana in the early 90s, the music scene, the restaurant and the bar scene, and the party scene from back then. I was fully reliving all of my last few years in Champagne when I was hanging out with Alec. I loved every second of hanging out and living in Champagne. Like I loved, I loved all of it. I had so much fun. And I loved the nostalgia of talking about it with him. And he knew the places and he knew the people. So that was definitely like a, an, an attraction and something in common, right? Um, he was also financially independent and he was a hard worker and he was very good looking. Let's not lie. I, I do like a pretty boy. So, you know, he was, he was very good looking and he was a dedicated father, which is so, you know, like for me, he was fighting for custody of his son, which is like the gold star of my toxic pattern, <laughs> A father who's going to fight for his kids. Like that is like the icing on the cake for me. So basically it was like game over for me at that point. Like Annie thought I was adorable and sexy and fully in support of the roster. Because remember, he was just going to be a person on the roster, you know. And um, 
I mean, he stayed a person on the roster. I'm trying to think about it right now. Like, actually, I haven't scripted this part out. I'm just trying to think. He stayed on the roster. He said at the beginning that he was okay with the roster, but he didn't like doing about face like Hottie did. He just, it all came out one night in a fight in public at a bar. And my birthday. Yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was totally fucked up. I, I mean, it's kind of a blur in my head, actually, because, you know, I'd been drinking and... But um, so I don't think he was really actually OK with the roster. He just wanted to be OK with the roster. And he was never really in touch, I don't think, emotionally with saying that it didn't work for him. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Like I'm trying to say that he would never be the one to say it wasn't OK because he wouldn't acknowledge that he felt that it wasn't OK. I don't know if that makes sense. I still don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. Anyways, so um, so he really turned out to be not so okay with the roster, which we will get there. It's, you know, it's a little bit down the road. So that's my first little snippet or story about our first date and, and how I kind of jumped into this toxic, no, well, not even jumped into this toxic pattern. I just walked straight back in, kind of like just turned around and walked straight in and, uh, and was like, okay, you know. It was just crazy. And I was sleep deprived. Maybe. Yes, for sure. I was sleep deprived. Anyways. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this first part about Alec. I hope you don't mind the kind of hodgepodgey format. I don't know how else to do this because it's so much different stuff and it's going to be all over the place. I mean, didn't I say at the very beginning that none of my stuff is done in a linear fashion? Well, this will totally show you that. Like, it, this is not going to be linear. It's kind of going to be all over the place. And, and just trying to write this out has been all over the place for me. And I'm remembering stuff that I had forgotten, you know, because maybe I journaled about this. I should go look. I, I definitely think I'll go look before I tape the next one. But um, yeah, so I hope you don't mind it. Hope you figure, I don't know, I hope you learn something as I'm trying to figure out what I'm learning from it. There, there was some actual in kind of like, in time and place learning, you know, I did have a lot of conversations with Sue, my therapist, about different things that was happening while it was happening. So there definitely was that. But there's also been a lot of um, after the fact, hindsight, looking at all of it, learning as well. So anyways, if you like this episode, please hit the thumbs up, subscribe, tell your friends. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my socials are mkylieD. My email is fixherup01 at gmail.com. My voicemail is 773-236-1112. Please check out my new website. Um, it's www.fixherup.net. And as this is close to Thanksgiving, I just want to say I'm so thankful that you're all listening to me. I'm going to cry. Like, this is really weird. Not weird, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm so thankful for everybody's support. It really means a lot. And I hope you guys have a great holiday. And I hope you get to see family and friends. And I hope you remember what you're thankful for. Because with all the bullshit, there's a lot to still be thankful for. So anyways, thanks again, Papich. I'll see you guys in a couple, I normally say weeks, but I might see in a couple days. Okay, bye.